Hello and welcome, Stand Up World, episode 36. Wow, 36. This is a fun episode for me. It's one of my oldest friends in comedy, a really great guy, a legend, truly a legend. Stephen Wright is here today. I'm sure everybody knows who Stephen Wright is. Stephen, just, and if you don't, I'll babble a little bit about him and tell you a little bit about him. Here's a little bit of him from an amazing debut on The Tonight Show that changed his life. He was an instant star on The Tonight Show. A little different. Would you welcome Stephen Wright? I got up the other day and everything in my apartment had been stolen and replaced with an exact replica. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I called my roommate and I said, come here, look at this stuff. It's all an exact replica. What do you think? He said, do I know you? <laughs> One time, right in the middle of a job interview, I took out a book and I started reading. The guy said, what the hell are you doing? I said, let me ask you one question. If you were in a vehicle and you were traveling at the speed of light, and then you turned your lights on, would they do anything? <laughs> he said, I don't know. I said, forget it then. I don't want to work for you. So this was 1982. And he did what everyone dreams of doing. He became an overnight star. It was so good, they asked him to stay. He was from Boston. Peter LaSalle was in Boston looking at comedians. He was, I believe he was there on a trip to, with his son. And he came into the ding-ho and saw a bunch of comedians and just zeroed in on Stephen. He brought him out. He did so good, they asked him to stick in town. Put him right back on the show like a week later. <laughs> right now I'm having amnesia and deja vu at the same time. <laughs> Recently, I was walking my dog around my building on the ledge. <laughs> A lot of people afraid of heights, not me. I'm afraid of widths. He just took off because what he was doing was so different. And it's not like people weren't doing one-liners. I don't know. I'm sure some of you know, some of you don't. There was a guy named Henny Youngman, who was a huge one-liner guy. Two drunks walking up Broadway, New York. One gets down the subway, comes up two blocks later. His friend says, where were you? He says, I'm in some guy's basement. Has he got a set of trains? <laughs> of course, there was Rodney Dangerfield, who did great one-liners. I know I'm ugly. I went to a freak show to let me in for nothing. I was so fat when I got my shoes shot, I had to take the guy's word for it. I mean, I was fat, I'll tell you that. Doctor said, what did you figure out? I met her at the Macy's Parade. She was wearing ropes. <laughs> Stephen was just so unique. He was just so metaphysical, and just poetic, just coming from his own place. So many, he inspired so many young guys. You know, Mitch Hedberg. I tried to walk into Target, but I missed. <laughs> I think the entrance to Target should have people splattered all around. <laughs> I was walking by a dry cleaner at 3 a.m. and the sign said, 
Sorry, we're closed. You don't have to be sorry. It's 3 a.m. and you're a dry cleaner. <laughs> it would be ridiculous for me to expect you to be open. <laughs> I'm not gonna walk in at 10 and say, hey man, I walked by at 3, you guys were closed. Somebody owes me an apology. Greg Giraldo. We're like the fattest country in the world. I read recently America's in the middle of an obesity epidemic. An epidemic. That's kind of a lofty way to describe being a nation of fat bastards, isn't it? An epidemic, like we'll be telling our grandkids about it one day. The great obesity epidemic of the year 2000. How'd you get through it, Grandpa? Oh, it was horrible, Johnny. There was cheesecake and pork chops everywhere. Bill Hicks. I've been traveling. I noticed a certain anti-intellectualism sweeping our country. It's very scary. Last week, I was in Nashville, Tennessee. After the show, I went to a Waffle House, right? I'm eating. I'm reading a book. I'm alone. Waitress walks over. Hey, what you reading for? What a weird question. Not what am I reading, but what am I reading for? I don't know. I guess I read for a lot of reasons. One of the main ones is so I don't end up being a waffle waitress. It was not good to be inspired by Stephen. Actually, Jezelnik, Anthony Jezelnik. Inspired, I think, seems like, and he's still, he's doing well. My brother's crazy, even my neighbors hate him. The other day I opened up the door, I caught him masturbating. He looks me right in the eyes and goes, shut the door. <laughs> I said, get inside. Steven, he was great. He was great. We ended up, he, he, had, he had the same agent as I did, Marty Klein, one of the best agents. One of the best. And we ended up going on tour together, me, him, and Howie Mandel. And we did the Budweiser Comedy Store tour. Mitzi put us all on this tour. We went around the country. We had so much fun. It's just always so much fun to be around. But Stephen was... He became, he shot up amazing. And I just, I've always loved the guy. He was on my comedy, in my Comedy Store documentary. And he was so good. I just had so much fun talking to him and wandering the halls of the Comedy Store with him. This is the place I performed yeah. in. This is a tough room. When we were working out here, this was the easier room. But these guys today say this is the harder room. Why? Wow, Sam. Were you around it when Sam Kennison was around at all? Just a little bit. He was always very nice. Wasn't he amazing? Were you friends with him? Yeah. Sam always used to think that you took a lot of his stuff. I can see how <laughs> a lot of people said that to me. Yeah. Do you know, do you know this guy? Yes, that's you? the guy. That's the only guy I ever slept with. And he's got a book out. He wrote an amazing book, his first book ever, called Harold. And we're gonna talk about it and just talk and whatever. I just love this guy, he's one of my favorite people and one of my favorite comedians. So here he is, Stephen Wright. Thank you for, for coming on. I gotta tell I'm good, you, how are you? Nice to see you, buddy. Nice great, to see you, Mike. Great to see you. It's always good to see you. You know you're one of my favorite people. You know, and we've been friends so long. And I tell you, when you were out here, 
Was it about a month ago? Or two months ago? No, it was like, no, like, no, uh, like a year ago. No, no. Or you eight just... months. No, it wasn't that long ago you were out here. Oh, yes. Oh, oh you're right. You're right. You're, you're right. I was out, but I didn't see you there, though. Yes, did you I? did. Yeah, we went to dinner. I was dinner there in May. The I was there in May. We, we went to dinner at the Palm, and then you came and walked the... with me and Albert. God. Yes. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh man. Oh, my God. All right, we're oh gonna, this can be a long God. interview because <laughs> I'm going to have to jar your memory here. That's you wrote a book scary. called Harold. Yes, I have. Remember my... this. No, 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 I, no, I didn't. I, I don't know what you saw. Okay, Harold wrote a book called Stephen. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! How was Albert? Albert was good. He's Albert's good. He. It, it, Patrick, we went on a walk with Albert Brooks, who I walked in the neighborhood with three or four nights a week, and and Stephen came with us, and he it it, 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 it we had so much fun. Stephen Stephen is he, we just laughed so hard. That had to be but some walk. It was great. It was great, and uh, and then yeah. and then. Right. Thanks for inviting me, because he's he's like on a level of comedy of like just so high up there so it was an amazing experience that you invited me and for us all to go for a walk it was just amazing to me yeah yeah he, he's so funny he's just so funny and so are you and got that that night that dinner at the palm which you don't remember and i you know i no i remember sure. mike my Mike Armstrong was there. That's right. Mike Armstrong, Armstrong was there. He was to my left, and you yeah, were directly he, across from me. Look at now. It's all coming back, isn't it? Do you remember so, kissing yes. me on the mouth? <laughs> I'm saying a year, a year. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It, it, but you were out here, and you were, you were... You were uh, you were just releasing the book, which, by the way, I got to tell you, look here, look here, looky, looky. <laughs> I love this book. You did a really good. Thank job. you, Mike. Thank you very much. You really did. I'm really proud of you. I appreciate it. You worked really Thank hard you. on it. And I can remember for the last few years, yeah. I would be talking to you and you'd be you were so funny because you'd be in your car writing on your iPhone. <laughs> you'd be writing on the yes. phone and, and you'd, you'd go, oh, yeah, I'm just sitting here in my car writing on the phone on the book. And you, you're like, please don't tell anyone I'm writing a book. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say, I promise I won't. <laughs> but, um, but I, I yeah, because just, I didn't want people asking me, how is the, Right. Going. How was the book going? How was the book going? So I didn't tell anybody till it was like coming out, and I wrote it on the phone, which, to me, you know, I'm very influenced by my environment. So to be able to the invention of this, to be able to do it on the phone, I could never have written that, you know, sitting in a room at a at a computer or something. So the phone enabled me to be anywhere in the car, park somewhere. In the summer, I'd be at the beach. I was once at the top of a 
ski thing at Telluride. I wasn't even skiing. There was a picnic table there, and I was up there writing it up there because you, you can just go anywhere. Yeah, I think one day you told me, you go, Mike, I'm sitting here in the parking lot outside of a beach, and, and I'm just writing, and, and I thought it was great. I, you know, look, I, I wrote one novel. I, I thought I was going to write a bunch of them. It was so much work. I was gonna. That one was gonna do be three, and I just have never gotten around to doing another one again. I know how hard at work it is, you know. But but listen, man, you, you not only that. Harold is so. What I love about it, and I'm sure everyone's told you this because I know it's doing really well. It's so in your lane, yet it's not in your lane, you know. Yeah. It's so. It's so Stephen Wright, but it's not Stephen Wright. It's it, it kind of takes you into Kurt Vonnegut world, you know, which when I was a kid, man, I read everything Kurt Vonnegut wrote, you know, and, and it kind of has a little bit of a John Irving vibe, you know, who I love too, you know, and it's just, but it's, and then at the same time it doesn't, it's kind of got essays like, all of a sudden you're with Carl Sagan on the moon, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, and, but, but it, but it never, you know, it's so fun and interesting that you just stay with it. And, and again, there's just enough times where you go, okay, this is Steven. And there's great, like little moments. Like there was one little thing I remember where your bird gave, or you gave the bird to Carl Sagan's bird, Harold gave the bird to Carl Sagan's bird or something. Yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Just like little things, you know? You no, know, I, uh, yeah. It, it was, the thing is, I mean, I had a, 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 many reviews and one of them mentioned Vonnegut and John Irving in the same ones and Vonnegut, those are my two favorite writers, but Me Charles too. Bukowski too. But but Vonnegut like is a giant hero in art creative, like in my Mount Rushmore or creative, all the music, books, movies, and everything. Vonnegut is on that like top five people have him mention me mention like oh it's kind of like that. Is unbelievable, and the thing the thing is, you know, the jokes that I th come into my mind, I just go around and I see something, and then it's like, oh, that could be, and then it's like, okay, and then I word it, you know, quickly, two sentences, but to the audience, laugh in a two sentence thing, hopefully laugh. Let's just say I'm talking about all the jokes that work is a very narrow window of creativity to have a thought, at least how I do it, have a thought go be presented and have an audience have a physical reaction back is a very narrow window. So I was just writing Harold for no reason. I was just, and, and then as I wrote to it a little bit, I thought, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a funnel on Harold's head and I'm going to pour in, into his head, I think about life 
religion and time and the law and relationships and you know the universe and everything. I'm just gonna pour it into his head and have him thinking it and everything. And so I got to put a lot of stuff in my to say in my joke way. And I'm not complaining about the jokes. I'm just saying it's a whole other thing. So I got to gush all this out in through his head. Were you ever worried about like, just, I'm just curious, like you would, this, that you were kind of jumping around too much and didn't have enough of a, a conventional storyline? Or, or did you just not care about that? I, I knew it wasn't a story. I'm not a story guy. And I stopped for a while because I knew there was no story. And then I stopped. And then I, then later I thought, I don't, I don't know how to write a story. I'm just going to keep it going like this. And it was jumping around, but I was reading it. I could follow it, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't try to make it how people would. I was amusing myself. And I was using, I didn't know this till way years into it, that I was, you know, the stand-up, just go on stage and go 85 minutes, you have to make it flow. Not only are the jokes themselves funny, but the order of it is, is to, to make the whole thing flow for 85 minutes. And then I realized when I was writing the book that I would, I was, I got, oh, I got to have that, do that with the book too. I have to have it go, like just just go, go, go. And I thought it went. I thought it kept going, but I never really knew how people would react. But, uh, yeah, I don't you know. And I didn't have, I didn't think about every, I was at no book deal. I was writing things I've ever done. I mean, I'm very influenced by coffee. I didn't think coffee and you see any acknowledgements did you see i thanked coffee yeah um and, and what i'm saying is i would exercise ride a bike and then i would get coffee and then i had a two-hour window where my mind was insanely like i was on drugs i was on drugs i was on caffeine well my mind was i was going to tell you by the way you know without doing a commercial for it I don't have, know what it's called, but I was going to tell you about this. You know, Joe Rogan has been talking about these vitamins that he takes and that kind of give you a little clarity and a lift, that, but like a cleaner version of coffee. Really? And my mm. wife got them for and me. Never heard of them. Oh, I, yeah. I, I have never heard of them. My wife got them for me and they're, they really work. And it's kind of got it's wow. kind of got like a coffee buzz, but cleaner. And I was going to tell you about it, but so I'll text you. I'll text you the name of this stuff. But it, but Rogan talks about yes. it. Yes, yes. It's called penile jelly. I would have to. S <laughs> no. <laughs> I just remembered I have a dentist appointment, Mike. I have to get going. No, hey, um. Oh, go ahead. 
but but what I'm when I when I was so I'm in a really happy, positive, fun mood when I'm in that hour and a half window high on coffee, and I was having fun. I saw this TED talks about writing. His, the guy's name was Kim. He was 20, 18 minutes, and he was from uh, China. Yeah, and it was Chinese with subtitles, and he and it really affected me because I watched it. And he basically he taught writing, he wrote six books, but he was saying the main thing about writing is to not overthink it, not question, not wonder how are people going to think this, how is this looked, what is this, is it good, is it not good? And from watching that, that affected me because then I wasn't doing that. I was like a little kid finger painting on the walls, like. And so when the hour and a half the coffee wore off, I would stop and then I would do it. So the whole thing was in a happy state. And I think that the when you read it, there's an energy. It's fun. It's just yes. fun. Yes, exactly. It's, so I never wrote it like, oh, I need to get more pages. I need more. I didn't never force myself. I only did it when I was high on the coffee. And by the way, when I would talk to you, we I don't know if you remember this, but we were having these nice, really long talks and you were always, you were really high on the book and you were telling me this. You were saying, I don't know what's going to happen with it. I don't care about, I, I'm just enjoying it, you know? And I think that's, I mean, yeah. I think it's great. And I, I you was think you're going to write another would like it. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know because... When I look back at what this is, I mean, it took me seven years and there's so much stuff in it. I don't know. May, maybe I will. I really enjoyed the experience. I was going into that world like someone reading it, except I was making it up. When I was a kid, when I read World According to Garp, it blew my mind, you know, and it was all over the place. I don't know if you remember that book, it just, but it was so he would just jump to different stories and in different places and you had to go the first time you read it you had no idea where how it was going to piece together and i just thought you know for you you just don't know where your writing could take you it's just i know how hard it is it's just believe me because you know there's a part of me that wants to write more and write more movies and do more movies. But by the yeah. same token, I, by the same token, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing stand up, and you just kind of, it kind of, it's the stuff takes so much energy, you know? So I'm wondering, I, you know, I, do I, I think you should listen to that and do it when it's fun. You're having fun standing up doing this in the podcast. The other thing seems like at this time it would be you would be forcing yourself to do it. Yeah. I mean, I I I write stuff down every single day. I mean, I can't I don't even care where it if it's a joke, if it's something else, it's a scenario. You know, the part in the book where he, where Harold describes that how his mind works is, is birds, thousands of birds in his head. 
and there's a little rectangle in his head. And when one, each bird re represents a thought, and when the bird goes through the rectangle, then that's what he thinks of. I mean, I thought of so many things before I was writing the book that had nothing to do with a, a book. But as I wrote the book, I it would come back into my mind. And I would say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that bird thing that I thought, just as an analogy for myself, just for no reason. And I thought, I'll put that right in Harold. And that allowed me to jump, change the subject constantly because the birds were going through the rectangle, you know? So that was almost like a logical, well, why is his mind jumping around? But I, I mean, I, I put it in anyway. And then after I realized, oh, now I have the freedom to completely change the subject constantly. And, and uh, it does jump around. And I it was just going on my gut, Mike. I was going on my gut, like when he's on the moon, describing that dream it just goes so long it goes so long on the moon and and uh, the editor i said, know but it's think, great yeah I, I like it but the editor said uh do you think he's on the moon too long and i said uh, he said because in, in a normal more normal situation you wouldn't you would be much shorter of that scenario and i said i don't know if it is but i don't really know but i don't care i don't care and i think the beauty one of the things about I was never it is, bored during that. I was never oh, bored during that. Excellent. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Me too. Uh, what What was it? Hey, what, what was your thing with the Lakota tribe? I was just curious because I used to have a friend that really was was in, in uh, my my friend Charlie Hill, who wasn't oh, yeah. part of, he wasn't part of the Lakota tribe, but we he taught me told me a lot about it because. They were they they were from Ohio and, and and I was from Michigan and and he would do some shows in Ohio and and I don't know I just he, he would tell me about the Lakota tribe a lot and they, actually they were called the Sioux um something yeah this is the, they had two names Lakota and the Sioux like yeah, the white man, white the white man called them one thing and the other and they called That's themselves right. That's the right. other thing but. What happened with that was I was in an airport, Logan Airport, like eight years ago, and there was a book in the bookstore called In the Heart of Everything, which was completely about Red Cloud, the head of the Lakota Nation. And it was about how he organized all the tribes. The tribes used to fight each other, but he organized them all to be one giant army to fight the white man. So the thing with the book is I had no, no, I didn't know where it was going. I had no plan. I mean, I knew the last page for years. I knew that's how it would end, but I had no. So as I'm writing it, my things would float into my head like, oh, yeah, the Lakota. I always loved there's something about the Lakota, something about the 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 Indians and how they lived before the, they, the white man ruined, the, the, you know, nature and everything. So things would just float into my head. So I put it in and then it, I had it keep going. Like he's thinking about it. Like the grandfather is telling him about the Lakota. How would the grandfather know Lakota? Oh, Cause he lives in New England, but he was in South Dakota building the air force base when after Pearl Harbor was born and there's this, I mean, bombed and that's where the Lakota is. So that was an, that's it. Like I was just, my mind was just like, oh, I'll just put this in here. I'll just, I just love the Lakota. You know, do you remember? It's really funny. We were when we had dinner recently. We were talking, 
and I was telling you how much I was enjoying it. And I had gone to Boston and played all these little clubs and, and I'd played Nick's comedy stop. And then I put the lap boss left Boston and all these little rooms. And then we were talking about maybe you saying that someday you should just go and just jump up in these clubs. And, and then I said, you should go up under the name Ned Carmichael. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? But, yeah. and, and then, and, and do you remember that? Yes. And, 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 and I just, and just, you know, just, and I, last week we had this guy who I really, I just really like, I've become friendly with and, Will Noonan, who's a Boston comic, and I think one of the best new guys I've seen in a long time. Oh, wow. I'll have to check him out. And he was telling me, and I was telling him about that. I was telling him, you know, he goes, God, I wish he was telling me the stories one time that he was playing some little club and you were there and everyone was all freaked out and you came up to him afterwards and told him how good he was and you really touched him. And I said, like, he groped you? And no, I said, because you, you could turn that into money in these days. <laughs> no, he said, no, he really, he was so sweet. And, and he goes, it just, I couldn't believe Stephen Wright was, but he was, you were, you stopped in this little club and you, he was just, it was a, this was a few years back. But, um, well, I know I would only say that if I meant it. That's know, what that's what it. I said. Isn't that right, Pat? Didn't I say that? Yeah, I think you said those exact words. As he would I only say that not, if I meant it. Not a guy that's going to come up to somebody who he just didn't connect yes, to. Yes, yes. I, I like to really genuinely encourage someone if I really feel it. Like, oh, I know, I know that about you. You know, and but uh, but I, I I really meant it. I really thought I thought it'd be so great. And, and Mike Armstrong was saying the same thing for you for you to just be jumping up in these little rooms in Boston, it, it, just totally unannounced and just having fun. Because because yeah. you just play concert halls now, you know. Yeah, I and mean, I have so much material written down that's never been tested it's never been in the concert or in the little club and i keep thinking i'm gonna go in sometime and then i procrastinate i mean i have this giant list in my phone it's in my phone of course it's in the, in the, in the notes section you know the notes it's one uh, of my favorite things one of my favorite things once is you told me and i would i would never ask you to say it but you just gave me this. You rattled off these jokes you wrote years ago, dirty jokes that you would never tell on stage because you oh, tell yes. jokes and you and you don't say them, Mike. I would never say them. And you actually said that to me. He goes, don't never tell anyone these jokes, but they were so funny and they were so good. And you knew them so well. You, it's like I thought. I, I said, have you been telling yourself these? Have you? kept them sharp in your brain over the years no 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 it, it, but but it's just so great that when you wrote a joke years ago and they were really funny but you just choose not to do those type of jokes it, in your it, act i've they told so those jokes just to my very very close friends see the thing is you only have so con much control over your mind i think i mean so you're thinking of stuff 
not even on purpose. You know, that's a lot of my jokes because I see something or something, but those bad, filthy jokes, they just came into my head for no reason. And I thought, oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. But now my job is to decide whether to say that. And I go, no, you can't say that. You can't say like the like the factory part the factory part of my brain that creates jokes they they don't they're not involved in editing that you know that's they're just making jokes I have to decide what to do with it so that's why there was like you can't oh my god <laughs> oh it's no it's really funny because one of them one of them was so funny but when we were walking with Albert that night I wanted you to tell him it but then I thought no. No, yes. he told me that he'll tell it if he wants to say it because they are pretty. You, 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 they're out there, but but my favorite was in the documentary when you look. Tell the one about when you saw the your picture on the wall. Oh yes, that? in the comedy store, that in an old framed pictures in the hallway of comedians. It was like from the eighties, I think, and I we were standing there looking and my picture was there and I said, I pointed at it and I said, see that? That's the only guy I ever slept with. <laughs> <laughs> and then you told me later that it was like a joke that you, you had, but you never did. Yes, I would say that over the years to my friends. Like oh, if, a picture, if a picture came up for some reason. <laughs> Don't you agree that you only have so much control over your mind? Oh, totally. Like, you know, you, you know, you drive, and you know you drive, and you know you're gonna make a left. You know you're going to the store, but as you're driving, your man, your insane asylum head is like, oh, oh, my, oh, you know, it's like this just in. It's like breaking news in your own head, and you aren't even doing it on purpose. But you know what, Stephen? Like with me, with like one of the reasons that I'm loving doing stand up right now is because everyone's so brittle and and so so politically correct and i don't care you know i, <laughs> I don't have great. i don't have much to lose and i and and i'm just having fun and if oh. i if i think of something funny i'll say it and and the audience likes it and like and my family is always so afraid i'm going to get in trouble but like the other night I walked out on stage and there were these two beautiful Muslim women, full Muslim headdress and everything. And I just, I don't know why I just walked out on stage and I went, God, the lesbians are dressing up so well these days, <laughs> you know, and they were right in the front row and it got a huge laugh. And, 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 you know, I just, that's, I amazing. that's I fantastic. Go, Did they laugh? They loved it. They loved oh, it. Then they go, fantastic. we're sisters. I go, I go, I go, you're lesbians, right? And they go, no, we're sisters. I go, even better. You know how, you know, <laughs> you know how, how well that video is going to sell? Then you said and, that? Yeah, yeah. And I love it. I love that you're not restrained. It's like you, you came, you left on a spaceship in the eighties and came back down, and you don't know, you know, you you don't know, you really do know the rules, but you don't care about the rules. I, I don't because I know. Listen, I'm not that way in in life, and I, yes, I wouldn't. Do, yes. But but in a comedy club and in a comedy yeah. environment, I know that people understand that that. The, 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 these rules are were written in a, in a in a odd time and 
and they, they don't they they're they're supposed to be common comedians are supposed to break the rules that's the whole idea of co- certain form of comedy you know and, and, and to point out what's what's happening around i mean but but yeah. but uh but uh wait a minute i think i think the audience when you say those things there's an extra big laugh. I wasn't there, but I would imagine there's a release in the audience because they're even tired of the rules. Because yes. the people, the people who made the rules up are like, say, there's ten people made the rules up, and some because of the internet and everything, it's like now eight, two, three hundred million people are following the rules because ten people were pissed off. So there's this built up. I don't give a shit. Jeez, I don't give a shit. So when you say those jokes, it's like I would imagine there's an extra release of energy. Yeah, and I have very little to lose. You know, I mean, come on, I'm 65. You know, and, and I'm having fun. That's the other thing. I, you know, I really, I really have not had bad shows because I'm having fun. You I, know? I think the the audience can feel that. Like you're having fun. Like when I wrote the thing, I was high having fun. I was high on coffee. And I think when people read it, they can they sense a happiness. But so you're out there and you're having fun, and that's an abstract thing they pick up. You know how they pick up so much stuff besides the words. So that energy, they have fun because you're having fun. I will say the only time I've had trouble, I had one weird show. Patrick was there. It was in Boston at a place called Off Cabot. It was so strange. And I made this pedophile joke. And I and it was it wasn't pro pedophile, but it's I make these jokes about about pedophiles and I say, you know, they don't want to be called you can that you, you have to call them maps now, minor attracted persons. And you can they can really? actually get a note from a doctor and and um and they can take a service minor on an airplane, you know, and, and just and I was I, bit and 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 for some reason this guy he was drunk he just stood up and he got mad and he started screaming at me and then another woman at a table said he had every right to and and that they just started they got they just turned the place sour and so i finally said okay okay and i just left wow that's fascinating it was the it's the only time it's happened, and I for a while I wasn't going to do the routine because I didn't want. But but I I started doing it again because I like it, and it's it's not pro. It's just a funny bit, and I and it's it. But uh, but 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 I've never had that reaction again. Remember that night, mm. Patrick? Oh yeah, that was wild. It was wild. It was crazy. This guy, and, and I thought either this guy, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I wish I had been there. I mean, I don't have I don't have any jokes in that category at all. But I have jokes on a scale of one to ten that maybe get a two or a three, and I leave them in my act for years, even though it's in completely not logical because the show's going like this, and then it goes down, and then back up. Because I like it. I'm amused by it. I don't care if it's going to go down to a two for five seconds. <laughs> yeah. You're amazing. You really are. Thank you, Mike. You are too. I mean, I admire you. you know, all the stuff you've done. It's unbelievable. 
it's just uh, the movies and everything, and and now doing stand up. It's just, you know, we have a, we have a comedians or even any artists. You have a built in thing where you want to make something, you want to create something. It's not, it's yeah. automatic, don't you think? It's like yes. a, a stream. It's like a slow stream going. That the stream meaning it's just ideas, ideas. Like if the police came in and said to you or me, you cannot think of another joke ever. I mean, I wouldn't tell them I did, but I could not stop it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I told like, you this <laughs> once. I told you this once, but Denny Johnson, a comedian. Do you ever know, you know Denny Johnson? No. He was a comedian. He said it, he said it to me the best way I've ever said it. He said, Mike, the jokes. They're like all out there in the universe. And we're just lucky. We, we're, the, we're the ones that get to pick that one and pick get that one, you know? But they're yes. all right there. They're just yes. sitting there. And oh, oh it, look at that one. Yeah, I found yes, that one. It's the setup. The setups are all around. like, And then we, we notice them. Because we we're all extra noticing everything. That's where all the creativity comes from noticing the world, and then you do something with what you notice, and then it comes out. You know, this joke's just floating all around. Well, listen, man, I really wanted to talk to you about your book because I really loved it, and I was really proud of you. I know how hard you worked on it, and I loved I loved what a creative um, just a just a exercise in creativity it was for you you know i really i really do it was it was so pure and 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 it, you know that that inspires me you know and, oh and, and to, wow that's great and i think anybody who wants to be an artist really needs to tap into that that thing that you tap into because you've always since i've known you from the very beginning you've always just tapped into that you know, you really haven't, you've, you've, you, you just kind of want to please yourself and, and, and keep moving forward as an artist. And this book was a real, real step in that direction. And, and it was so pleasing to read. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for your compliments coming from you. That means a lot to me. It really, it really does. Well, I don't mean a word of it. Yeah, well, even then, you know, I have a translator. <laughs> I have a translator that makes it serious. Okay. <laughs> no, you know I love you, Steve. I love and, you too, Mike. Hey, when, uh, uh, listen. Uh, hopefully, I'll be in Boston soon. Oh or, yeah. You know, or or, or you'll Let be out know, here definitely. And, yes. And, and when you come back out, we can go for a walk again. Yes, it's always hilarious hanging out with you. Always one every time. And I know we laugh so hard. It's so funny. Hey, hey, are you going to go on the road? Are you? You have dates? Are you coming up? Are you going no, out? I, no, I don't. I I did some shows. Finished all these shows in April, I think. And I thought I'm going to not schedule any shows. I'm just going to not do it for a while. I've never done that before. I've never had no shows. I just wanted to step away from it. I'll do it again, definitely. But I just wanted to try something different where I'm not doing this. And have you been enjoying going on on guys' podcasts? I've noticed. Yeah. I've noticed you've been on like a lot of my friends' podcasts and a lot of your old friends' podcasts. 
I love it. It's a whole other world, you know. The, the book, not only did the book, I wrote the book, and it, I like the book, and people seem to like the book. But then the book t- took me to promote the book to all those podcasts. You know, it's, it's a whole other world that I'm not. You know, I've been on them before, but not like in the last four months. And it's fun. Everyone is fun. Talking to you is fun. Talking to Conan. Talking to Bill Burr. You know, Joe Rogan. It's like. Didn't you? Did you do Howie's yet? No, I didn't even know he had one. Oh, you got to do Howie. Howie's got a great one. Oh, well, I thought you it did. to him. I, do you want me to? Sure. Oh, is he in Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. But if you did mention it to him, tell him I don't want to talk about me personally or any creativity <laughs> or, or, or or comedy. Or stand yeah. up, yeah. Or Jewish people. Am <laughs> I? Why, you know. <laughs> or planet Earth. I'll mention the Earth, but not in depth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ned. Great talking right. to you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. If you get a chance, go go check out that comedian I was telling you about, Will Noonan. He's there in Boston. Oh, You're gonna really okay. like. Him. I, I really, will. you've seen him before, obviously, because I told you that little story. But I think he's your kind of guy. You, he'll, he'll, he'll make you laugh. I will definitely. Thank okay. you. All right, thanks for doing this, buddy. All right, episode thirty-six that came out okay, right? That was great, Patrick. Stephen's a legend. He's the best. I love that guy. I love that guy. He just and he's just such an artist. And he's just, uh, he's a nut. But I really, I would love him to see him just jumping up in some little clubs. But I don't know. I don't see it. (laughs) I don't see it happening. Maybe one day. Who knows? Who knows? But he's such a, he's so much fun, I'm telling you, to hang out with and just laugh. So that's it. That's episode 36. I do want to say I'm at the Improv. If you're in L.A. this weekend, Sunday night. I'm at the Improv with Sarah Halstead in a great show. Tuesday night at the Hollywood Roosevelt with Dane Cook and Marlon Waynes and David Murphy and Jimmy Shin, Mr. James Shin. And uh, listen, if you're in Santa Monica, by any chance, if you live in Santa Monica, California, August 23rd, we are starting a new thing, the American Comedy Company at La Puglia Restaurant. Every Wednesday night, we're going to be doing a little comedy show. Not quite capo, okay? All right? It's not quite Article 24, Patrick. I know. But it's good. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some good shows. And that's it. Next week, we got a good one for you. We got some really good guests coming up. And I want to tell you, I thank you so much for your support. Please go to standupworld.com. Patrick's going to put there. All the links will be there. Apple, Spotify. But the most important thing, if you could go to Apple and Spotify and, and rate this and comment it and star it. And that's, I guess, the way to kick this thing up into the mediocrity's verse 
keep us get us in in the you know because that's all we're doing this for that and world peace you know but if you could do that that'd be great episode 36 over and out thank you so much god bless